with a recording time of 12 noon Eastern time on Wednesday, January 24th. For some reason, I've been walking around all morning, even talking to my property manager here at the condo, thinking it was Thursday. It is not. By the time you hear this, it might be Thursday. It might be Friday. It might be Saturday. You might even hear this Sunday before the AFC and NFC championship games that determine who we will have as our matchup in Super Bowl 58, which is the focus of this edition of the podcast. The Todd Wright Toddcast is presented by Pin Chasers. Visit pinchasers.net for lane and party reservations. Three locations in the greater Tampa Bay area. And Pin Chasers will be once again hosting uh, Drew Garabo and John Senning's Down to Bowl charity event to benefit the Down Syndrome uh, Foundation uh, a to benefit uh, those locally impacted uh, by Down syndrome in Tampa Bay. I popped in at this event last year uh, to uh, provide some support as well. Uh, I plan to do the same or more this year. I believe they're going to announce the event on Drew Garabo Live with John Senning on 1025 The Bone uh, later this week. Uh, the event will be, I think, early March, so it's not going to conflict with the Todd Ray Tour Golf Tournament. Nice job, Drew. Uh, nice job, Anthony Peroni, uh, being involved with this event. Anthony does so much uh, for the Tampa Bay Area community uh, in addition uh, to what he does for all of us who just want a good time indoors, winter, summer, spring, fall, just uh, getting inside rolling a bowling ball, having a drink, some very good pizza, all of those things, pinchasers.net. Uh, check them out. Three locations in the greater Tampa Bay area and be on the lookout for Down to Bowl uh, in early March uh, via 1025 The Bone and Drew Garabo Live with John Senning. Brandon Legal Group, your full-service law firm servicing the greater Tampa Bay area. I am a paid non-attorney spokesperson reminding you, if you are an adult male living in the state of Florida and you have been paying permanent alimony, you can have your financial obligation reduced or eliminated altogether, and Brandon Legal Group can help because permanent alimony is no longer law in the state of Florida as of July 1st, 2023. 813-902-3576 for a free consultation or visit Brandon Legal Group. Com. My email is right.todd at yahoo.com, right.todd at yahoo.com. Received an email from a loyal listener who was asking a distribution question about one of the places where our podcasts are heard, which is uh, going to be, quote, shutting down. I'm told, no, it's just going to be part of uh, another service. I'm not involved in distribution. I provide the content. I'm sorry. I can't answer your questions about what goes on from a technical standpoint in terms of my podcast. I can't answer those questions. If you have something related to what I say or what I haven't said as it relates to what I do here on the podcast, I can answer that. When it comes to distribution, I cannot. I'm not responsible for it. I haven't been for eight years. I'm not going to be for the next eight years. I have nothing to do with it. Not my specialty, so I'm sorry, but you're asking the wrong person. Write.todd at yahoo.com. Write.todd at yahoo.com for uh, things you want me to talk about in the podcast that relate to uh, you know, material. Um, 
Obviously, we're very heavy football right now, uh, considering where we are still with many coaching openings. As of Wednesday at 12 noon, there's still some thought we could have potentially one more opening. Uh, Some general manager positions are getting filled. The Titans do have their new man. They went with the longest tenured offensive coordinator in the National Football League in Brian Callahan, uh, working with Joe Burrow and Zach Taylor in Cincinnati, responsible for a Super Bowl run two years ago and a loss in the AFC Championship game. Last year, Burrow had multiple injuries this past year that held the Bengals back. Uh, Browning came in, did very well. So Callahan comes in. I think it's a very positive move for the Tennessee Titans, who have also entrusted Ram Carthon with even uh, more say uh, in terms of management uh, and uh, and running the ball club uh, for the ownership of the Titans amidst this, why would they fire Mike Vrabel and this love fest? And as we speak, as of 12 noon on Wednesday, Mike Vrabel uh, is not a head coach. And I'm going to throw in one more thing that backs up. You can go back to podcast. And those of you who listen to me know I've been saying for many months, Mike Vrabel could be out as Titans head coach because this just in. You have to win in the NFL to keep your head coaching job. You have to win. I believe I said on the last podcast, Mike Vrabel's not special. There is no coach in the National Football League currently employed as a head coach of a team for the last four years who has no playoff wins and multiple losing seasons. None. That was Mike Vrabel's resume the last four years. And honestly, when you think of Mike Vrabel's teams, what are they known for? Derrick Henry. So I would argue Mike Vrabel wasted four years of Derrick Henry's career. You don't win a playoff game. You have two losing seasons with that guy moving the chains. Yeah, I can understand why ownership was like, you know what, Mike, this isn't working out. Mike has a defensive background. Pete Carroll defensive background is out. Bill Belichick defensive background is out. Coaches with offensive backgrounds are the ones that have been winning Super Bowls. Harbaugh for Baltimore kind of walks the middle because he came up as a special teams coach. But obviously, we know the Harbaugh's know a little bit about coaching football. John, Jim, Dad Jack. Yeah. Uh, One more. One more reason why Vrabel was fired by the Titans, and it was justified. In the last four years, 17 different head coaches have at least one playoff win. 17. Mike Vrabel's not one of them. We'll update this going forward. Again, I'm sure he's a great guy. Doesn't mean you're a great coach. AFC NFC Championship, we talked last podcast about the four that went out. A common denominator in all four was how all four of their field goal kickers had a miss. It may have not been the reason they lost, but it was a reason. 
they lost. Let's look at the four that are here. Let me get this out right away because sometimes I bury the lead or I forget to say it at all. The winner of the AFC Championship, in my opinion, will win Super Bowl 58. And I've spoken to a couple of people whose opinions I respect, some who listen to this podcast about this subject this week, and they are in agreement with me. That the winner of Baltimore, Kansas City, will win Super Bowl 58. That is my opinion, but it is the opinion of others as well. And I was listening to Gil Alexander's show on VEASAN earlier this morning, Wednesday morning, and he had on a trusted guest who had a future on, uh, he had a future on an NFC Super Bowl win, and he sort of dismissed it and said, uh, I wish I could get off that. So it's not just me. And it may be your opinion as well. Now, if you are a Niners fan or a Lions fan, you obviously don't want that scenario. And maybe you feel strongly that that is inaccurate. But let's talk about the strengths of Baltimore. Um, Double-digit wins against a lot of quality opponents this year. Defensively, the way they're coached, the talent they have, how they get after opposing teams, overwhelm opposing teams at the line of scrimmage, forcing three and outs, um, giving, whether it's three and out or otherwise, giving uh, their offense short fields or getting them the ball back uh, quickly, uh, which helps wear down the opposing defense. Uh, The defense for Baltimore knows how to get off the field. Um, You don't worry as much about missed field goals with a Matt Stover. (laughs) Matt Stover. Gosh, I do that occasionally, don't I? Justin Tucker. Um, I'm not a Lamar fan. I'm not. Two and three in the postseason. Things didn't look good at halftime last week. We hear at halftime he did a lot of cursing, a lot of this, a lot of this. Bring in Todd Munkin, say, hey, here's what they're doing to me. Can we shorten some things up? Can I get the ball out faster? Only threw for about 150 yards, but he ran for 100. He can do that. Let's see him do it two more times. League MVP. Has had a problem with fumbling in the past. Sometimes tries to extend the play too much and in odd directions behind the line of scrimmage. Working behind a very capable offensive line. Zay Flowers is a good rookie. I don't think very much of, and Isaiah Likely is a very capable tight end who has done quite well since Mark Andrews went down. Munkin as offensive coordinator, as offensive coordinator has been very good. 
the numbers speak for themselves. I'm still not totally getting past Lamar Jackson's ability in a close game to make life difficult on him in a close game in the fourth quarter. I still think that's a hurdle he needs to leap. And it's Kansas City's job or if Baltimore wins the AFC Championship, San Francisco or Detroit's job to do enough to put him in that position where he has to show he has evolved past his failures previously in situations like that. From Kansas City's standpoint, defensively, they're very good. They may not be Baltimore good, but they're very good on the defensive side of the ball. Remember Spagnuolo was brought in a few years back when Kansas City needed to do some different things on defense. Sneed, one of the better man-on-man cover guys in the National Football League. Uh, Jones in the interior of that defensive line. Uh, It will be Spagnuolo's job and his player's job to execute a plan to put Lamar Jackson in an uncomfortable position in the AFC Championship. Do I think the Chiefs can do it? Yeah. I need to see him do it, though. I do. I need to see him do it. Make it a game in the fourth quarter. Because in the fourth quarter, we've seen Patrick Mahomes do it. We haven't seen Lamar Jackson do it. So, yeah, this game could be over by the time we get to the fourth quarter. I don't doubt it. If you're telling me Ravens are going to be up two scores or more going into the fourth quarter with the ball and momentum, then yeah, this game's over. If it's a one-score game, either way, going into the fourth quarter and the Chiefs have the ball, then yeah, I like the Chiefs. I'll take Mahomes in that situation because he's been there. I love how he embraced playing on the road in the playoffs. You still have Hall of Fame head coach, Hall of Fame quarterback, Hall of Fame tight end, and an outstanding defense in Kansas City. And they had some horrible games in the second half of this season. But clearly, they can and have flipped the switch. Now what do you got against a team that has just dominated good teams all season. Make the Ravens and Lamar Jackson face adversity. Great stat from Mike Florio on PFT Live this week about the Chiefs win over the Bills. Chiefs had eight plays of 20 yards or more. Bills had none. Chiefs, eight plays of 20 yards or more. Bills, none. Sure, Ravens' defense better than Bills' defense. Ravens healthier than Bills' defense. I get all that. 
Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, kind of comparable because Josh couldn't get a 20-yard play. Lamar, more capable of those big plays. Looks for those big plays more often. Actually, part of the adjustment from him and Munkin in the second half was, hey, let's not look for as many of these. Let's take the, the middle. Let's get the ball out faster. A lot of good things going on with both of these teams, which is why, and I love watching Pacheco run the ball. I like how someone has compared him to like a video game character with not only how he runs the ball, but how he acts after he's down or out of bounds. He's still a video game character. So give me the Ravens, unless the Chiefs are the Chiefs are in a one-score game or leading in the fourth quarter with the ball and momentum. Then I'll take everything about the Chiefs, not just Mahomes, for their playoff fourth quarter experience over the Ravens in this spot. And John Harbaugh is a Super Bowl winning head coach. Todd Munkin won the last two national champions championships at Georgia before coming to Baltimore. Lamar and the rest of these guys, not so much. Used to winning easy. Used to dominating. Face a little adversity, see what happens in the fourth quarter. NFC side, let's just take it at face value. For San Francisco and Detroit, who have done so many good things to get here. Do I think... I go back and forth on this game for various reasons. If the Niners had a healthy Debo Samuel, I don't know if I'd have much hesitation in expecting the Niners to win and win comfortably. But considering the unique weapon that Debo Samuel is, he's not their only weapon. They have Kittle. They have Ayuk. They have McCaffrey. And they have a very capable quarterback who, in early December before a game against the Ravens, seemed to be everyone's most valuable player. But he also hadn't done it in this spot. Yeah, he's won playoff games. Last year he was hurt in this spot. So I'm not holding him responsible for that. But still, you haven't done it. Coming back, leading that drive of 69 yards for a game-winning touchdown with no Debo against Green Bay. That was a big step for Brock Purdy, and it was a step also for Kyle Shanahan. Also, preface again, is it just me? Anyone else notice the difference? Um, We had some post-game audio and video of coaches talking to their teams after they won in the divisional round. Dan Campbell saying to his guys, do you know how hard it is to win in the effing playoffs? Do you know how hard it is? We beat another hot team. That was Dan. Okay, and you're saying, well, that's Dan Campbell. All right, let's give you some other examples. 
as it relates to what we saw from these other locker rooms. There was energy. There was emotion. Kyle Shanahan, no. I'm, I'm wondering, do the Niners play with enough emotion? Is it too business-like with the culture under Shanahan? Because they've had this window open for a while. And remember, Shanahan takes a lot of the blame for the Falcons blowing a 28-3 lead in Super Bowl 51 as the offensive coordinator for Dan Quinn. It's an emotional game. It can help you. Some say, well, you got to take the emotion out of it. No, you just have to channel it and use it to your advantage. I wonder if, if that holds the Niners back. Because Shanahan hadn't won a game in the fourth quarter or later that he trailed until in that situation in the divisional game against Green Bay. And did it without Debo. Big step. Was it more of a relief for the Niners or more of, yeah, this is who we are? Their game will be after the Ravens play the Chiefs. I'm going to go ahead and say it. If we know the Ravens are going to the Super Bowl, you think in any of these Niners heads, it's like, well, great. we got to play those guys again. Purdy threw four picks. We had no chance. You know, when you when emotion isn't a part of it, I just question that. This is also why I think the winner of Chiefs-Ravens is going to win the Super Bowl. These are questions I have about the Niners. I wouldn't be bringing them up as much if they had a healthy Debo Samuel. That's just an enormous loss. The only loss to me bigger, yeah, it would be, I guess it would be Purdy, but they do have Darnold which is better than last year in this spot, um, would be Trent Williams. Because when they lost their left, left tackle, Trent Williams for a span this year. And you could say McCaffrey, sure. So here are all a bunch of names. But no Debo. It's probably the most significant injury of the four remaining teams. A tangible injury, a player we don't know that's going to go. And even if he does go, what's his impact? How good can he be? How long is he going to be out there? Because apparently that's where we were a week ago. So can the Lions stop McCaffrey? Can they put this game in the hands of Brock Purdy? And an undermanned San Francisco passing attack without Debo Samuel? They can try. It seems easier to throw on the Lions, although they're going to hit you hard with that back seven, and sometimes they're dirty about it. I didn't see as much of that against the Buccaneers as I did against the Rams or late season, regular season game against the Cowboys. Lions offensive line moving to the other side of the ball. Man, 
They are. <laughs> as much as the Lions offensive line does get talked about, I still think they're underrated. Just look at what Jamal Williams did with, what, 16 rushing touchdowns last year. Jamal Williams signs as a free agent in New Orleans, and if it wasn't for Jameis Winston going rogue, Williams finishes the year with zero. That's how good the Lions' offensive line is. Montgomery loves running behind it, Gibbs loves running behind it, and Goff loves throwing behind it. How often in the game against the Bucs, especially in the second half, did Goff drop back and just have tick, 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 scan the field. What do we got? Oh, I got this. I got this. Yeah, that offensive line is real good for as much as the Niners have on defense. That line offensive line is probably better than even the Ravens offensive line. And we saw how that went in a regular season game between the Ravens and the Niners when the Ravens started turning Brock Purdy over. I don't like golf outdoors. The splits are very significant. I don't know why we don't hear as much about this as we used to. We used to hear a lot, at least I paid attention to, um, rather than just home road split, grass turf split, dome non-dome split. Goff outdoors. His numbers simply nowhere near his indoor numbers this season quarterbacking the Lions. So I think that's a factor, too. So I think that that plays a part, especially against a quality defense like the Niners. In the end, do emotions get the worst of the Lions? Because sometimes coaches and players there do some things they shouldn't do, where you would say, well, see, that's where the Kyle Shanahan approach is better. Because they don't do those things. Okay, fine. I do think the Niners are better than the Lions. I think the liner the, the Lions will fight and ultimately hang in there. It could be the closer game. Because if the Ravens play to their level against good teams and Lamar doesn't pull the face plant, then yes, the Chiefs could lose by 10 to 17 points. When it's gone bad for the Chiefs this year, granted those regular season games, this is a different game. It's gone really bad. And for the Ravens, when it's been good, they just don't let you up. Look at the second half against the Texans. I don't think the Lions will let up. But in the end, I think the Niners will do enough to win. And then in two weeks, I think it will be Baltimore or Kansas City winning Super Bowl 58, but we're not there yet. But those are just some of my thoughts. What are yours? Write.todd at yahoo.com. Write.todd at yahoo.com. 
The Todd Wright Toddcast is presented by Pin Chasers and Brandon Legal Group. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the games on Sunday. We'll talk to you next time.